What's up, everybody? It is March 8th, 2018. Talking Seaweed Sports Podcast. What's up, Sam? How you doing, Bob? Missed you last week. You too. It's been a rough week with power outages and blizzards and thunder snow or whatever the hell's happening out there. It's been yeah, brutal. I didn't watch any sports this week. But, <laughs> but well, that, watched, that's good. I'm glad you did, did your homework. But, but I did watch some sports this week. No, this weekend we, uh, we we tried to talk a little bit, and most of where we live was out of power. And he texted me, hey, you watching this Duke-UNC game? Like, no, I'm not. Thank you. I'm, I'm, no, I'm just sitting by the fire. <laughs> I live on the same street as the fire department, so I didn't lose power. So I... I was watching three games texting you while you were freezing cold down in the uh, woods and uh, had no access to any games or anything. Yeah, no, I could no. tell you were getting a little snippy with me when I was, I was rubbing it in. I was watching the uh, the updates of the Carolina game on my phone, just updating it every couple of minutes. Like, hmm. Yeah, waiting right. waiting for it to die. Oh. And so. it, you, know, you know what was the worst is I was using battery to find out that, that game was not going to go the way I wanted to go. Yeah, that was a tough turnaround in the second half. But anyway, but I we're did back watch in action. Bruins games. We're back in action this week. We doing that? And um, you know, after a week hiatus, um, we're now stacked up with two weeks of stuff to do. And it's it's funny though. This time of year, it's a little tough to figure out. You know what's hot. You know, football's over. Baseball hasn't really started yet. So I mean, I think that. The number one thing going on in the town right now is is the Bruins and and I've been watching Bruins games, so we're gonna all learn together about hockey as I learn about hockey. There you go. So I watched the uh, the game that was like I think it was like eight to four, eight to three, it was six to five. The, six, the no. Red Wings game? No, not the Red Wings. Oh, game. the Penguins game the last Penguins Thursday. Penguins game last yeah. Thursday. I watched that game, and yep. then I it was watched, eight to four final. I think, and then I think that I watched the game on what was it Sunday? Yep. And they uh, it was overtime. came back against Montreal. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Um, yeah, so I watched both of those games. Wow! So, so you did watch sports? <clears throat> I did. Tell watch, yourself all I did, all I did was watch the Bruins. I guess. Well, there you go. Um, so yeah. no. So first of all, we've now stained Patrice Bergeron into oblivion, talking about how he's going to win the MVP. He takes a shot off the foot, and now he's out for three weeks. So I immediately started writing them off, saying, you know, we talked about how important it was last podcast about beating Tampa for that one seed to try to, you know, get in position. Now they've fallen a little bit behind, but surprisingly, even without Bergeron, they're still, um, you know, really keeping it up with uh, those, you know, three wins there and made a couple nice acquisitions at the trade deadline and it bolstered the lineup, you know, Rick Nash uh, coming to the Bruins. So, so but, what does he bring? Cause again, we're teaching Bobby well, hockey. What does he bring? See, to the I, table? I'm not a huge Rick Nash guy just because he's such a, he feels like an underachiever. He's big. He's got an awesome shot. He had a couple really monster years for Columbus back in the day, which only in hockey circles are you known. He went to the Rangers as a big-time acquisition and really just underachieved. The Rangers made the Cup two times, or they yeah they made the Cup or the Conference Finals two years in a row. And it, in those seasons, he averaged like you know close to a point a game, a lot of goals. In the playoffs, he was like a fourth of the production as the regular season. So he was ridiculed by Rangers fans. So now the Bruins bring him in, but the thing that it does, and this is a long answer to your quick question, is David Krejci is the biggest enigma on the Bruins. He's one of the most talented players. He has, over the years, when he's had a good wing with him, like Jerome Ginla for one year, even though he's washed up, or Horton for those cup years, you know, he plays unbelievable. He was putting up a point a game in the playoffs, and... 
Now, what Nash does is it wakes Krejci up. So it's almost like you add two people to your lineup. Mm-hmm. Krejci now has a winger that he can set up or is thinking the same thing as him, an elite talent. And that's what I like about the trade is it looks like Krejci's a little rejuvenated. And now I think that you add a second line to the Bergeron, Marchand, Pasternak line, which is the best in the league. I think it makes the depth of the team you know, two players stronger by adding one player. And speaking of Marshan, so I saw because I did. I actually I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna know a little bit about hockey this week. Yeah. So here's what I got. So he is fourth in the league right now in points per game. So I mean, even losing Bergeron, that would go to that would show that Marshan's obviously doing something. And yeah. He, and he's you know what I mean. Maybe maybe I don't know. This is me completely not knowing what I'm talking about. But is he picking up the slack? Well, that's being it's, left and just kind of moving from there and that he's kind of taking the lead on it. Is that's that what's a, happening? That's a good point. I mean, I think a lot of what the success of the Bergeron, Marshawn, Pasternak line is Marshand. Like, we all, Bergeron's great, but they're both awesome. It's not like, you know, he's not a great player in his own right. But I do think that they have not missed much of a beat with Bergeron out, which is very surprising. You know, um, you still have Marshand and Pasternak on that line, elite talent, but... The fact that they Bergeron usually hurts them in the faceoff department, the penalty kill, you know. So the fact that they've kept playing strong with him out is a very good sign, and I believe it, it does prove your point about Marchand, you know, taking it to the next level, if you will. I mean, he's won two overtime games. I think he's now the Bruins' all-time leader in overtime goals with eleven. I think I saw, which is so the know, kid comes to play. I like that dude. That's like scrappy, scrappy an, dudes like that. They come through when you need them. The to. game winner the other night was awesome. A backhand dangle, roofed it. You know, over the goalie, I've seen so many guys stuff that in the goalie's pads. That's why he's an elite talent, and that's why he's averaging fourth in points a game. We did mention a couple weeks ago that he was like 25th in scoring as their leading scorer, but you're right. He's been suspended. He missed a couple other games. So points-wise, he's a little bit back. I think he's like 15th now, but points per game, which is a better indicator. You know, Yeah, not, you what know, you're actually bringing to the right. table. Yeah, so... <laughs> Um, but anyway, you have some good takes on hockey. We did talk about this. Um, you had a beef about uh, Chara. Um, All right, they, so here's gotta, my thing. You got to let me know thing. about All that. Right. I was okay. So the game that I watched, um, the game that I watched, the high scoring game with the Penguins. I know enough about hockey that it became it became a three point. I mean, a three a three goal difference, and I was like, they're gonna fight now. Because you're supposed to allegedly. Well, you grew up watching, yeah, uh, yeah. That, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I grew up. I grew up exactly. That's I grew up in a hockey town, so you know a little bit about hockey, even if you don't play hockey. You know what I mean? Right. And I, I was like, all right, well, they're gonna fight. So they were fighting. I feel like those aren't the fights that I remember, and I feel like I could fight Zdeno Chara under those circumstances, based off of what I saw. I feel like I could jump in there. Yeah, I mean the like tail he's of not the gonna, tape. He's not going to stop me. First of all, from I don't know. I don't shit. know how you are on skates, but it's a lot tougher to I'm punch right. on skates because you got to, right. you know, you can slip. But that aside, even on a street fight or whatever, you but versus, they're holding on to each other. The tail of the tape, dude, is a little not in your favor there. He's and six, this is seven. not coming. I'm not trying to be like, oh, beat up Daniel I'm, <laughs> I'm not being like a douchebag about this. I'm saying like I know enough. About fighting. Well, to you know were enough you about were, the fight that I watched. You were a big Bob Probert kind of guy, Ty Domi, that that kind of guy back in the day. Those That's guys what you're monsters, picturing. and those guys weren't going to be afraid of Chara. But, but see, you don't; those guys don't exist in the game anymore. And Why Chara not? ends up being that guy in this like pussified NHL these days because he's big. 
Yeah, well, because he's big and, yeah, but he's also a real player. Like, half of those, like, you know, goons, they used to call them, weren't actually any good. There was, like, a few that could Some play. of them could play. Some of them had 18, 20 goals um, a couple times and stuff like that. But a lot of guys, like that guy Scott that used to play on Buffalo and whatever, he was just, like, assigned to the Bruins Canadian. He was on Montreal, and he would just, like, play four minutes and have a fight, and, like, that's the only use of him being on the team. It's like... That kind of guy. I'm not going to cry that that's out of the game. I think that there's enough Why? Like, hitting in the game. But, isn't there? Because there... go watch MMA if you want to see a street fight. We're trying to watch hockey here. I mean. But wasn't there a purpose for it? Well. To just write it off as a street fight? Like, that's not what it was. Fair enough. The, the, the purpose of the fight was to allow for guys to self-police. And when you're letting guys self-police, like the NBA used to do it too. Mm-hmm. Guys, you know, you, you see, like, remember Bird and Kareem. McHale and uh, Lambeer. It's like oh, punched yeah, him in the dude. face and didn't yeah, even get a technical foul. No. <laughs> I think they may have gave him a personal foul. Yeah. He was getting ra- you know, yeah. Personal foul, getting yeah. rowdy. Right. You know what one I mean? One-on-one, yeah. But like, you let guys, and, it, and it, it causes, A, respect. And B, it's like the um, I was actually watching a documentary on Netflix, and it was about enforcers in the in the NHL, and they were talking about how Sidney Crosby is getting hit now and getting hurt more often than Wayne Gretzky ever did because Wayne Gretzky was surrounded by monsters. He's a little bit more of a physical player too, so he does get into stuff that makes a little more angst. Like Wayne was notorious for like looping a loop around the corner and not really going in. <laughs> Crosby will Crosby's done some cheap shots too, but your greater point is that's a great point. You know, it is in generalization if he had, you know, one of those guys on his wing, like you McSorley, Marty, yeah, you have McSorley yeah. on the on the team, two-handing you know I mean? guys with a stick. If they step out of line, I agree, they're not going to mess with Crosby. And I feel like there's a point for those guys, and I feel like they have to be good enough to be in the NHL, obviously. But I mean, I I, I get the point of like you don't want to just bring a guy in, but again, a guy can't just step on an NHL ice and just get into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have to be somewhat ready to go. Yeah. You don't have to be the most talented guy, but you ha- you bring something to the table that other guys don't. Yep. And I feel like that protects your players, dude. The way it was explained was, you know, that's that's kind of how I always understood it was they were there to protect their players. Like not everybody's going to be, you know, um, what's his name? Sidney Crosby or, or Ovechkin just being like, yeah, I score because I felt like it. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. You need a guy there to be like, no, don't touch him or I'll blast you in your face. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you point know? taken, I, as if, I mean, I've always been a pretty strong hockey fan, but if I was just you know, a casual fan, I totally would agree that, you know, the fights are, you hear those extra shrieks in the crowd. If you're at the garden watching a game, when a fight happens, I, you know, I know someone like, you know, you know what you, you, you play dumb, but you know a little bit more than you're letting on about hockey. But even you, the fights are the thing you like, you're going to stand up at your house, like watching it with your wife being like, let's get them. Like, Oh no, I say the same thing. Oh, here we go. Here we go. I got a friend. (laughs) I got a friend that's one of the biggest hockey fans I know. And he'll text me, get them or kill them. When every time there's like on a Tuesday night, they'll be playing Buffalo and I'm not even watching the game that night. Like as I'm doing something and I'll go back to the game and I'll, my phone and I'll see kill them from this guy. And it will literally mean that somebody fought in like a random game in the second period. And I feel like there's a reason for it, man. I feel like if you're down, okay. So, I mean, just, just in general, I mean, you're down two one in a really important game Mm -hmm. or you're down three, one in a really important game. You know what I mean? They're fucking, they're, they're pressing you. You guys aren't clearing the puck at all. Nothing's happening. You're just stuck in your own zone. You know, beat the shit out of somebody. Well, that's where you get in a little extreme. No, 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 I'm not, dude. Because sometimes when you, sometimes when you have a good fight 
and you go out there and you fucking you dominate them physically, even though they're beating you, A, it's going to make them be like, oh, no. Like, we beat them too much. They're going to just beat the shit out of us. Like the old Flyers teams. It, yeah, but... Who, who, literally, you went onto that ice completely different. I think your point is right, but it's the time of the game scenario you said is wrong. In a 2-1 to one game, you have your best guys out there. You don't want Bergeron getting in a fight and going in the box for five minutes for the last okay, four fair minutes enough. of the game. Fair. If it's like 3-1 to one with 10 minutes left or 4-1 to one and you need to okay, change four the to tie one. to the game... Okay, yeah, that's what I meant. Then that's the three, your point. The what goal. you said is correct, but it needs to be the time. 2-1 to one game, there's no one's ever fighting on purpose because Dude, on everybody purpose. in the, you're not having you don't have your third and fourth line guys out chasing a goal at the end of the game you know you don't want Pasternak to fight and not be available for overtime if you tie it you know so okay fair but, enough but anyway, bad strategy so but good good speaking sentiment. of a Bruin that's not available we have to touch on this quickly and I made I made Bob watch the NFL NHL player safety official video of the David Backus hit so I don't know for those who don't know David Backus who has played 848 NHL games and never been fined or suspended. The other day in the game against Detroit, he skated around the boards, and uh, um, Franz Nielsen from Detroit had already passed off the puck. And about two seconds too late, um, he back is skated by and did what to the naked eye looked like a pretty innocent hit, but slowed down. He pretty much crushed him in the shul- in the, with his shoulder in the face. And... They put it to the board, and while we, me and my friends were even surprised that he even was going up against the board, but the now we found out that he's been suspended for three games, which is just ridiculous in my opinion. I, he did hit him in the head. It's worth a penalty for sure. Maybe a one-game suspension or a fine, but he's never got in trouble ever. I, what I don't understand is why is he getting suspended for that hit? Like Again, is there like – okay, so I'm not like an authority on hockey. So I don't know what like the old guard would want and what the new guard is looking for, but I do know that I'm attracted to hockey because of the physicality of it. And especially as the NFL is kind of taking the hits out, I like the hits in hockey. I like I understand that it's necessary to to be physical in a game in order to achieve your goal because every single game is based off of some sort of war. Right? Yeah. You know what I mean? So like I like that. So when you take that away and you start stop, like you're really gonna take this guy and you're trying to make an example of him for the league, and you don't want, you know, you don't want a uh, a Boston Philly series that gets out of control. And no, just let it be. I mean, people will watch it. I'll watch it. You'll get. I like MMA. You know what I mean. I like boxing. So I like those things. So it's, it's a not microcosm. Gonna turn me off. It's, you're gonna get me to go there. I mean, a lot of people, I guess, don't want to watch it or whatever, but I, I think it'll be awesome. It's a microcosm of the country in general. It's just the pussification of everything. And it's obviously going to translate down to sports, football, like hockey. Even baseball, dude. Yeah. Like, let them fight, too. Yeah, you can't even slide into home plate hard dude, anymore. It, right? Yeah, That's ridiculous. You know, why can't, why and can't I get you... the safety, the fact that concussions are more known. You know, I bet you half people agree and half people don't on the concussions. How you know? often are baseball players getting concussions? Well, it, you know, that's an honest. They, they still do even now, but a lot of the plays are not. You know, they get hit in the head with like a pickoff throw going back to a base, or slide into second, and the second baseman knees you knees. in the head. Okay, so that's just a random. That's like a basketball player getting. I mean, you're gonna get elbows and shit like that probably more right. in basketball. But um, I, I feel like if a dude can throw a rock at me yeah. <laughs> at 96 mile an hour at my head, I should always reserve the right to run out there and punch him in his face. Yep. That way there's an understanding between us because I can't just throw the bat at him. 
And I, again, dude, I don't know how many people listening have been hit with baseballs, but yeah, right. You know what I mean? You get hit in the wrong place, and it hurts, and it's a problem. So I made you watch the official NHL player safety video with rules, rules, Leon there, Mister Nerd being like, "And David Backus hit the guy in the face," and it's it felt like watching a school video, like it did a PowerPoint. Feel- but you did muscle through it, and that is kind of cool how they do that. And it, I did like at the least breakdown. Explain their point. I mean, I get the rule, but I mean, we still he did hit him in the face. But it's he did hit him somewhat no, late nothing too. Prior, he was probably just trying to hit him in the chest. The guy moves. It's la- what did you say? Point six seconds to adjust to a yeah, on the fly. Yeah, you know they that's have ridiculous. They have like an actual rule for it. So, See, I think replay again is ruining everything because now we're trying to get too statistical, like right. too like statistically. I don't even know the words I'm looking for. I'm, I'm somewhat stoned. So, well, <laughs> so I do want to tease. We are going to, um, you know, I've been over here being cocky to you about my sports knowledge, and you wanted to put my uh, money where, quote unquote, money where my mouth is. So I just want to tease that later towards the end of the podcast, before we roll them up in a rug, uh, we are going to be doing a little uh, stump trivia contest. Um, so stay tuned for that for sure. And, um, that being the segue, uh, we got to change it up from the Bruins here and talk about the other big team in town right now with the big game on Saturday night against Houston on national TV when the power was out for you again. Sorry. But I watched that game, and what a game that was. I heard it was good. So <laughs> On Monday. The, you know, what's, a couple things spawned from it is towards the last two minutes of that game, Al Horford was kind of rubbish. He um, missed a couple open shots. He went up for a rebound and got out-rebounded by, like, a smaller guy. Um, he turned the ball over, fallen to the floor on a play with the lead late in the game, and they end up losing. And the narrative in the Boston media, you know, specifically Lou Merloni is the guy who's coined it, which he's just tried to patent it. But the typical Boston, you know, thing um, – everyone's calling him average Al and, you know, wondering if he's going to be the problem with the team and he makes $30 million. So I was curious of your thoughts on that. My thoughts are like this. Um, I think that it's crazy that Lou Merloni is going to decide who is an average basketball player. That's true. Let's start there. I mean, second of all, at the beginning of the season, when we lost Gordon Hayward, right? That first, like, Remember watching his leg break and being like, oh, no. You know what I mean? Like, that was like, that was very anticlimactic was, for everybody I, in this city. Wait, I thought the season and was over. Everybody like the thought the season night. was over. Right. And who was the guy that kind of put the team on his back and was like, you know what? Follow me. I'm going to hit some game winning shots. I'm going to, I'm going to step up big. Yeah. The first month, Horford was playing unreal. He made Play- the all star team. Exactly. So if you have an all-star and he's making $30 million, everybody's looking at it and going, he's a max contract. Oh, maybe we can get Anthony. Um, what's his name? Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. Well, maybe the we thing is Anthony with Horford Davis. is. Ooh, max contract. If We're wasting just, it on Horford. We could have Davis. Right. You know, and it's that's what Boston media does. They're like, hey, you're doing a great job. Let us tear you down real quick and put they you in They have to bring place. in the negative because that's, you know, the crowd. But. If you look at his stats, like, and he's averaging 13 points and eight rebounds and whatever, I mean, yeah, he doesn't seem like he's worth it. But, you know, he can step out and hit threes for a big guy. Their best lineup is when he's playing center out there, you know. And um, I, I'm not, like, the biggest Al Horford fan. Um, my brother actually hates him and, like, calls him Hafford. And uh, <laughs> just, like, every time he does anything, texts about him. And so I do get a lot of heat. And I, I play devil's advocate more than I really believe Horford is great. But when you spell the argument out, it's tough. I mean, he's definitely not a negative to your team. 
you take the salary away and you'd love to have him, you know? So it's one of those fine lines. But you were not very happy that Lou Maloney is uh, – dictating the the you know temperature of Boston basketball. That's uh, crazy to me. Yeah. Like I mean I think I don't know. I, I honestly thought Horford I mean I guess I'm looking at stats right now. Don't stat check me because I could be completely wrong. I just yeah. Googled it. Um so yeah, so if you want to stat check us, that's great. You can do that, but I don't. So I look them up and if I like them I go with them. <laughs> that's what stats are for, Fair right? Enough, well, whatever supports your argument. Let's exactly. Hear it. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So it says here that uh, his career he is averaging uh, 14 points a game, eight rebounds, 3.1 assists. Yeah, that's All about right. that's average Al. That's what they call him. That's all right. that's, that's, that's fine. above average player, but that's tough for, to justify. But a that's his career average. So they looked at his career average before they signed him to a max deal, right? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they knew what he was averaging. They knew what he was at. It's saying here regular season right now um, he's averaging 12.8 points. So that's down. And he's averaging one less rebound. So that's down. But he's averaging 4.8 assists. Yeah. So he's creating the points that we're missing. He's only, he's literally, he's averaging two less points. So that's one shot, one basket. Right. And he's averaging. Well, you know what that's an entire from. Almost an, an entire two assists. So that's four points. So he's creating the value there, dude. But think about why that is. Why he's down scoring is look because what they've added the to ball. the team. Kyrie negates Isaiah Thomas's like ball taking away. You know, like they, they hound the ball the same amount. But you've added Tatum in a second year of a better player of Brown. So there's just less fruit to go around for Al Horford. It's not really an indicator shots. on him. That's think- why his assists are up. He's averaging like 1.9 blocks a game, which is in the top 10 in the league. He's a plus defensive player. So I see both sides of the argument. It's really just if you're hung up on the money or not. It is and the money thing. And mm-hmm. I mean, again, it's crazy that like sports are like, that's like me and you guys like sitting here and trying to break right. down his contract. Who the fuck are well, we? Well, I mean, you're so much more higher paid for this podcast. A lot of times it creates a little tension in the room. But Yeah, it does. Um, it does. But anyway, so speaking of guys being Steven paid. Steven likes me. <laughs> speaking of guys being paid, the... I didn't realize this was really a topic, but Kyrie took the the game off the other night against the Bulls, which was like a comical snooze fest where they just crushed him. They did. And Kyrie basically came out and was like, yeah, it's good to have like a light week so I can take the week off. And basically said he's not really that injured, but he just wants to like rest up. And my coworker came in steaming about that because he's one of the old guard, you know, you work, you know, are they paying you for 75 games or 82 games? You know, you need to play. And I think a lot of the Boston, you know, grinder type guys in Boston don't really like to hear from their star player that he's not really hurt, but he's taken the week off to rest. And I don't know what your thoughts on that are. It can go either way. I mean, it's, it's a pretty, I mean, you have to take away the fact that they're making forty million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, like anybody that doesn't have forty million dollars is like, I would do it for forty million dollars. Right. True. You know what I mean? But well, that's what he's accustomed to. So that's his job, and he worked his ass off for free up until he went to Duke. I would imagine. I'm sure Coach K allegedly may have given him, you know, something. His mom, his mom Bag got yeah. <laughs> his dad got a new tractor. Something happened, right. you know what I mean? And and you have him, 
I mean, he's a millionaire. That's what, that's what they do. Right. You get mad at Brad Pitt for wanting but, a cell but phone. Basketball-wise. Like, no, Basketball-wise, if you are not paying him, it. we're it's paying good, him that right? much. Yes, it's You great. want him for the playoffs. You don't give a crap about the Rockets. Yeah, you don't, game, pay, like the, you don't pay him for the game against the Bulls, Bulls that you're yeah. going to win anyway. Right. And you can get your young players some right. um, some experience taking the lead. That's So the that beauty. in the playoffs, we can have this kid's fucking Brown and Tatum come in and actually make a difference. And that's how you win championships. As everybody found out when the, the warriors decided to do, they were winning before Durant got there. Right. They were going to keep winning before Durant. got Right. There. Yeah. I don't know if they'd be, especially if Durant was on either the Rockets or the thunder. I think that, that those, the, the thunder gap had, would be a lot closer. You know, they I wouldn't mean, have mellow and they'd have Durant. It would be ridiculous. Um, yeah. I mean, Russell Westbrook's still going to be Russell Westbrook. Right. Though. But, um, as far as the Kyrie thing, to play you know devil's advocate versus the typical Bostonian that we're stereotyping that probably thinks he's a puss for taking the week off, I would just say that the goal of it's to be the best team in the playoffs, and the fact that you've got such a great team that doesn't miss a beat without him for a game against a subpar team is ideal. You can rest him. You know the the Bruins not to go back to them, but they're going to be doing the similar thing down the stretch. They finished the season with like twenty games in thirty five days. They have all this depth from the trade deadline. They got Nick Holden, the defenseman, and you hear people going like, why do they need Holden? He's now their eighth defenseman. But what the coach is going to do smartly down the stretch is pace these guys. And if you have two games in three, uh, two games in three days or uh, three games in five days or whatever, he's going to you know let a guy sit out a game. You know, Probably not Marshan and stuff, but the middle guys and the defensemen are going to rest up. And Brad Stevens is kind of similarly doing that with the Celtics. And it's smart. how can you argue that? You can't argue that, man. I feel like if you go in... See, I feel like a lot of people, especially people that like talk about sports, always want to talk about like these crazy... like. Well, if they didn't, if they didn't win, or they they you know seeding and everything like that, like I don't think teams give a shit mm-hmm. where they're seeded. I think that they would have preferences based off of matchups, and I think that's about your, it. Your boy Bron Bron came out and said that. Um, Dude. I don't care if we're the one seed or the eight seed. Just get me in the playoffs, and we'll do our thing. And, and I'm going to drop. That's a the scariest points. guy. As much yeah. as I hate him, that's the scariest guy to and hear say that because he's just like, just get me in the playoffs. He, they literally Dude, could Bill be the Belichick's seed. not worried about going. He just right. wants to get to the playoffs. Right. As long as we're in the playoffs, I think that any team that's good, doesn't matter who you play, you're coming to play in the playoffs. We're coming 100% in the playoffs. That's when it matters. I don't think that this guy taking a week off to to make sure he doesn't snap his knee. So now we're down two max because we're still going to pay him. Right. If he hurts his knee right. and he's out for a year, we're still paying him. Right, true. You know what I mean? Like nothing's changing. So do you want him to take a break or do you want him to snap his knee and pay him? Then you'll really hate him. So... You know what I mean? That's crazy. I, I agree with you. That's I mean, that's, I'm more that, on that side than the other side. Um, yeah, I mean, go be as explosive as he is with the ball. Watch right. how your knee I mean, snaps. he's been a joy to watch. Um, so, <laughs> but so we're gonna have to we're gonna read an ad here in a minute. But before we get to that, um, I just wanted to say to you, we've made it. I don't know how far on the podcast now, 25, 30 minutes or something, um, and we have not brought up the golden goose, your boy. Uh, hold on, David Price, your favorite guy to talk about <laughs> that you turn every conversation back into David Price. So uh, we've made it 25 minutes. You must be shaking over there to bring up David Price. You got anything on Price this week or anything? Um, no. 
Good. I'm glad because no, I don't no, want to hear about talk about preseason. I was excited for the preseason. Just well, like, like everybody's like, oh, spring training. Yeah. Well, it's good to like, like watch oh. a game and see them like not totally miserable in the snow. And you're like, oh, that could be coming to me that, soon. Yeah, that could be That's us the one value day. of spring yeah, training in my spring training. But, but then it's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm not. We'll do I a big Red I'm Sox I'm not going to give them 162 games now. Oh, you know what? Actually, I got to bring something up. I, I got to put your money where your mouth is live on the air. I didn't even talk to you about this off, but. You said that when the Bruins, um, the Red Sox season total wins and losses came out, you wa- you wanted, uh, did you say the over or the under? I couldn't remember, but you, we were going to just put you in on the bet. It's now out and it's 91 and a half, which is actually, you thought 93 and a half you were going over. And I was so, taking it? Is that so what it yeah, was? I'm, be, we, I'm putting can... you in for 91 and a half after the podcast and me and you are going to roll with that all year. And probably bitch about it every week but that's fine let's 91 do it 91 and a half stealing if you like to 93 and a half right <laughs> it is you know? it is so i'll take it i have one rule with betting and when free money is offered i take it so now that we've ruined the red Sox season uh with our uh um, stains um why don't we let everyone know who's uh responsible for today's podcast as usual uh we are brought to you by the mass cannabis chefs um they offer a one-of-a-kind dining experience um, it's multiple courses. They're actually um, doing a, we're doing a dinner this weekend, hosted by Talking Seaweed. Um, and you can get tickets now at talkingseaweed.com. And then also, um, we are brought to you by High Tide Glass Company. Um, they brought they sent us some really cool stuff. And who else? As always, who else? As always, uh, we we want to thank Weed Co USA. They specialize in premium flowers. They have these awesome pre rolls, and basically they have whatever you need. And today we have some extra special super pineapple haze, freshly harvested. It is uh, you know a sativa hybrid. They also um, have some nice purple train wreck here, which train I just crashed, so <laughs> I, uh, I know all about that, but. This stuff is excellent. Um, you know, you need anything Weedco USA all day. Um, nice, good segue into. You want to do these? Let's do these. I want to do this trivia. Let's do this. All right, can we do trivia? So can we break it up with some trivia. Yeah, and, well, and then uh, when we go from, can we go to? Then we'll go to boxing. So you asked me for trivia. You know, what do I ask you? Or whatever, and you know, this is. T- I totally don't know the questions. This is totally on you. But yeah, no, you don't. Know I told. These questions. I randomly threw out there that I like college hoops, and I'm a big college basketball guy, and it's a little obscure, but. I, you know, growing up, I, I took the two days off of school every day for the tournament from like third grade to college. So, you know, I'm a big junkie. So you said, all right, well, let's see. So what's, what do you got for me? What's the category today? All right. It's, it's nineties, um, college basketball. 90s college basketball 90s college basketball 90s college basketball in the 90s all right it's in the 90s anything sketchy i'm verifying here but all right well here we go first question name a duo of players from north carolina that were drafted together in the first round oh so you go right to your binky north carolina i went yeah i did (sighs) um Anton Jameson and Jerry Stackhouse. Wrong. So. Oh yeah, you're right, and no. I mixed them up. So there's 
It's Anton Jameson and Vince Carter. I'm glad we talked about Weed Co. USA right before we did this. Yeah, see, that's exactly why. But no, so I actually have two sets then. I'm confusing them. It's Stackhouse and Rasheed Wallace. Yep, who was one of my favorite players Yeah, and then then there's Vince Carter and Anton Jameson. No, it's... No, it was... Yeah, it's Vince Carter. Yeah, so I got it. Yeah, but Stack, I Stackhouse went, and then Rashid well, went, like a few, and then kind of uh, is that? it was right. a good one. So anyway, yeah, it was one you got wrong. On. It was yeah. one you got wrong. I got it. Well, tech, <laughs> I mean, I named four. So what do you want? What's there's another one. You have another question? No, I'm just. Oh, kidding. there's another pair of guys. No, I think that was the early two oh. thousands. All right. Um, here we go. All right, ready. So who was the point guard in the late? 90s for Michigan State. He was like the backbone of their team. Mateen Cleaves. It was Mateen Cleaves. So everybody that listening, I've tried to make these like attainable because we're testing the waters here. Well, but, eventually we're gonna do like some sort of punishment. Yeah, today we're, we're doing we're just an learning. early broadcast. We're all learning. We're all learning today, together. So we're all learning together. This is just a trial run to see how it goes. All right, who was the early in the early nineties? Who was the national player of the year from Indiana? Calvert Cheney. Calvert Cheney. All right, the that lefty, was smooth lefty, first lefty in Bob Knight's career. Yeah, smooth. <laughs> he was the elbow jumper with the form shot. He was he he was a pretty player. He was back in the day. I loved uh, Calvertini. So yeah. not much of an NBA guy, but he was a no, player. No, definitely but was. Anyway, so all right, those are the three. other than so, the fact I verbally screwed up the first one. I, I that was not bad. Two for three, not bad. So anyway, um, um, all right. So that, what's next? Where are we going? Boxing. Well, yeah, you're a big boxing pow, pow, guy, pow. and I, the big news this week is that Deontay Wilder fight from Saturday night, who is the undefeated, um, you know, he holds, I don't know, IBF or one of the two belts for heavyweights. Um, Anthony Joshua holds the other one, the British guy. But Deontay Wilder is um, fought this guy named Luis Ortiz the other night, nicknamed King Kong, and that guy was a house. And I watched the fight, and... Wilder has a really unorthodox style. Like, he just throws random hands, and, like, he doesn't look like he's very much of a form boxer. He's not. and um, Not when he wins. Right. And Ortiz kind of just took, like, eight punches the first, like, four rounds. Wilder was snapping him in the face. He was just eating them, and it wasn't doing anything. And then the fight was pretty crazy. Um, first, Wilder stunned Ortiz, and Ortiz was stumbling. Then, in the seventh round, Ortiz smoked Wilder and he was literally out on his feet and he was leaning on Ortiz and if Ortiz moved out of the way Wilder would have fallen on his face but 15-20 seconds of grappling he made it through the round and he woke up in the seventh round and that was ridiculous um you know being out on your feet to coming back and I mean that shows a lot of heart man I when he won at the end he started swinging like the interpretation of fucking Max Bear in Cinderella Man. Like this dude was winding up from way across the ring and yeah. just hoping that one punch would land. Definitely. I think Joshua knocks his fucking head off. Definitely. I think that he wants to fight with Joshua because he's starting to like... I think everybody wants to fight with Joshua because like you, you said, dude, like people love the heavyweights because they're swinging big. And you said, what, what were you saying? What was your take on it earlier when you said... Uh, about well, I think it's big time for the sport of boxing for the heavyweight class to be the king of it. 
because those are the best fights in my opinion. You, how many Mayweather fights did you watch when it's just dancing and tapping and, you know, it, it, yes, it's skilled quickness and all that, but I'd rather see two big galoots chop each other down and take, you know, smokes to the face. And um, I just think it's good for boxing if Joshua fights Wilder. It's the two best, you know, undefeated it, it, it will guys. Be, it will be good for boxing, but do you think it would be better than, like, Triple G Canelo? Well, I mean, did you watch that fight? That was uh, that was that was underwhelming to me. I, I like it was underwhelming, it was okay, but like it was underwhelming. But there was also a giant hype leading up to the Mayweather McGregor fight. So you, you're not going to match the Mayweather like, McGregor fight was better than Canelo Triple G in my opinion. I, I was more interesting. At least, well, the UFC has like a push the pace rule where like if if you're you get points for being in the center of the octagon. You, you oh no kidding. So if you're running, and pushing no the kidding. yeah yeah. I didn't know if that. you're like running away the whole time, you're conceding points basically. Um, but boxing doesn't have that, and they allow for people to literally dance around and just never get hit like Floyd Mayweather does. But I feel like if they just altered that a little bit, just altered the scoring a little bit to like a push the pace kind of scoring, I feel like you would see so many better like matches and, and so many better. Um, just they would they would see so many returns you know in the fucking box offices dude because it'd be fights worth watching like if you think of um marco antonio barrera versus eric morales dude those fights were amazing yep mickey ward arturo Gotti. yeah no those are the known slugfests what was it the Hagler hearns fight the first round um the first round of that fight is like the best fight in the history. Like, the, have you seen that? Like from the eighties, eighty one or something, Hagler Hearns, where it's that's just like one. two guys just speed bagging each other for the entire round. I mean, that's clearly the best boxing. Yeah, it's, man, and those guys are do, monsters. Don't you think Joshua versus Wilder? Somebody's going down in that. Oh, somebody's definitely going down. But is it going to be? So is someone definitely going down in Triple G versus Canelo though? They should. Well, I, I agree, but <laughs> is it? Are you guaranteeing which one's more likely to have a nice knockdown or knockout? Knockdown? Yeah. I would say Canelo Triple G. Yeah. Well, no, you just kidding. blew up my. Yeah, you're. Just, I you're just, just no, straight no, fucking. No, no, no. I'm just fucking with you now. No, so. it's obviously gonna have a knockdown. It's obviously gonna end. But if it doesn't end in a knockdown, you're a way less. It, there's way more excitement for a knockout in the middleweight divisions. I think I think those the the lightweight guys that like like I grew up watching Barrera, dude. I grew up mm. watching Morales. Those guys were like my favorites. They were just these tiny little Mexicans, and they just fought to the death. You know yeah. what I mean? And I I guess that's like my hope for like Canelo. I'm like, come on, man, just you know what I mean? And Floyd Mayweather changed a lot of that. Yeah. And then the amount of money these guys make now also changed a lot of that. Right. And so the, it seems like every fight that they have that is like a means to an end where like this guy's just fighting this guy to fight this guy and it's all set yeah, up and it's everything. all like a, yeah, you know, like Jonathan and I mean, like, Joshua and Wilder should have fought four years ago, but once they do, it kind of like ruins the aura. So those are both, two, those two are both going to milk. They're the both, hype they're both going to have, they're both going to have another fight right before they actually and fight. Wilder stands there after the fight and he's like let's go Joshua like he's calling him out yeah, but then but in I the mean, back side he's probably like holding it up for contract demand so you never exactly. know exactly yeah. so yeah you never know about stuff like that man but I think so. boxing needs less of the whole line him up and knock him down and I think um, that MMA needs more of it and I think that MMA is they're trying to come. They need to pay their, their fighters like boxing right. does. Definitely. You know what I mean? They'll yeah. see a higher level of fighter. And I mean, you can still, 
they just need to push the action. If they could just push the push the action, and, and it won't be so like it, it's fucking boring now, man. When they just dance around, I can't stand it, and I feel mm-hmm. like that's the Wilder Joshua fight has to go. Well, the Wilder Ortiz fight had none of that, and that's why it was awesome. It was straight straight See, punching the whole great, time. There dude. was zero dancing. Wilder is so crazy in the ring; it's almost like <laughs> weird to figure out. Like he's, he's like uh, Ricardo Mayorga. Remember him? I he used to not walk, vividly, dude. He I used know to come name. into the fight and like they would be walking down, smoking a cigarette. <laughs> Those are always my favorite. <laughs> dude, guys. this guy was a monster from yeah. like Nicaragua, or I forget where he was from exactly. It doesn't and, feel any pain, dude. When he his first fight, they're like, well, "What'd you do with the money from your first fight?" He's like, "I gave my mother a bathroom and I got lights for my neighborhood." Like, um, like, dude, you, you just got lights for his neighborhood with his first check. Like, you're not gonna, you can't fight that guy, right? The guy lived in the dark. <laughs> the guy's going to fucking destroy you. Yeah. And he used to drink before the fight. He used to smoke before the fight. Like, dude, I'm just out here having a good time. Yeah, now you can't even do like, that. Like, what are you right? going to do? What do I have to do? Just go fight this did guy you, for 12 rounds? Did you rounds? see Canelo got a failed a drug test um, for a, st- a trace amount of a steroid this week <sighs> before the fight? So now he's... He I saw a bunch he's of people... In Mexico. Well... You know, and he's he also lost the first one. He probably wants to, he's well, got to give it a run now. I mean, you know? Triple G's in Kazakhstan. He's doing he's doing whatever. He's on the uh, Rocky. I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't know why we're we're testing these guys. Just let them be on steroids. I think every sport should find like a really smart, sustainable way that their athletes can do slight amounts of steroids to help their bodies. That's a. That's a broad a, topic for another day, but that is a good I, do, we'll do that. I do agree. We'll do that. Yeah, for sure. So March Madness is going on right now. It's uh, behind us on the TV. I don't know if it's I'm full ready madness for, yet. I think well, it's like... Uh, hey, for me, this is the junky time of the year. The D oh, yeah, games, dude. you know, you're day following games, them. It's, it's following them go. at work a little bit. BC plays at 2.30 today. They have a... Um, BC had a star player this year, second in the ACC in player of the year, first team all ACC, 16 team conference. I think they're on right in now. 16 team conference, and BC has a guy on the first team in a league with Duke, North Carolina, Louisville, Miami, you know, Virginia Tech, Virginia, the number one team in the country. So, do so, they have to win the tournament to get in? Oh, yeah. They're like under, they're like 19 and 13, but they're like, they were on, they were 12th in the conference or something. I was just about to Up say, and coming team. They got these young guns. Oh, these are young kids? Well, the kid's only a junior, I think, and he, I doubt he's going to come out early. One so, more year, yeah. coming back with him and their other good player, Bowman, both for another year. But anyway, I. I may or may not have uh, backed them today, and I'm excited. They're up twelve uh, five right 12, now. Twelve five, yeah, nice. I got first half. I like that. So we're doing a day game podcast today. What was the uh, what, what was the um, um, BC was five and a half at tip off. They were two to one on the money line, and perhaps I splashed a little on that. But <laughs> I I don't want to be too much of a homer. I actually like the team, and Clemson has a big guy injured, and so we'll see. Now that I've just talked this. Uh, well, next week you can come back and check the score and see how many points Clemson won by. Probably twelve going away. <laughs> but um, for me, this this is the start of March Madness because we got twelve, two, four, seven, ten, all the way to midnight games for the next two days. These are only the conference tournaments. The real madness starts next week. Yeah. But for a junkie, 
this is like awesome. Like you get out of work early today because of the storm or you're like heading home. There's There's games till midnight. Yeah. So like, it's like, oh, I can't really sleep. Why don't I watch like UCLA tonight or something? Yeah. There's just games. And then next week there's all the games. Next week is the big time tournament. You're a a degenerate North Carolina homer somehow. I I don't know how it happened. I, I, um, what do you like the Yankees and uh, the Cowboys too? Oh dude. I just liked, I always liked, um, I hated Duke always, mm. and they had like a rivalry with Duke, and I was like, "Yeah, okay." I will say I can, that I can roll with these I w- guys. I will say years ago, obviously everyone knows the late near years and stuff that North oh. Carolina was the much more, uh, you know, j- even up to JJ Redick and like Trajan Langdon and Trajan um, Langdon. Yeah, was the, he the, would be on through Duke. that era. Duke was definitely the more He's like, oh, unlikable I'm from Alaska team. Alaska and I shoot threes. I'm he, going to Duke. He's Dean Smith like was boring, but like it was tough to really like. Villa. Dean Smith was, it was a tough great to coach. hate. Vill- Dean Smith like Coach K looks like a little rat chirping, sweat spitting, crying. So it's I, I always like the style of basketball that they played i think that they always let that like i like but how they let them run you know i don't like I mean? roy like, williams and i, I think like roy williams the last 10 Kansas. years or so, the last 10 years or so no i don't like the st- i like the duke style of player better duke gets well-rounded you know shooters that can go in the post north carolina to me just has good athletes when was the last have, time duke won a championship I don't know. It, was, it hasn't been as long as you think. It was. What was the it last was, time Carolina? Carolina won, won more recently last year. Yeah, yeah, they did. Okay, but I don't like that style of play. They play. They just out athlete you. They don't even like. Did they win? They were in the national championship like two years ago too. Listen, that's because they just out athlete you. But they don't have like I'd rather have Grayson Allen who can like do five things on the court and is likable. Or like the kid Trent Jr., the freshman, or even Bagley's more likable this year on Duke. North Carolina has five. I watched them last night. The only guy who can shoot is Joel Berry. Half Joel the time, Berry's awesome. Half dude. the time he shoots terrible shots. Okay, do I think do I think that they're going to be like a, a top contender this season? No, but well, I they're think a two seed in the tournament. I was just going to say, dude. Bracket, Joel I, was, I was just going to say, dude. I didn't expect this. You know what I mean? Well, I mean I, they I you just cockily said how they won the championship and finished second like two years ago. So how would you not expect this? I it's not I, like they I didn't, didn't reload. Think... <laughs> yeah, I you don't think old it. country Roy dropped a bag at a couple people's houses? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say that. Oh, you, you don't think so? They're clean. Duke is Very dirty. Very clean. Yeah. Very clean program. I'm they sure run. that the fact that they're owned by um, Jordan brand and Nike is uh, probably hurting them too, you know, so... <laughs> But like, yeah, well, no, they were they weren't even supposed to be in the tournament this year. They were already supposed to be like I feel like we're serving our suspension year, but we get to go to the ne- tournament, next so. week. We'll do brackets, and both of us will give you our <laughs> final four next week. And yeah. uh, I have Carolina whenever you. I, I won't have Duke or North Carolina in it, but maybe I'll have BC in it if they run the table in the ACC. I have they Carolina have to, winning every year, and I win a lot. I like BC's chances. They only have to beat Clemson, then Virginia, then Duke the next three days. After playing five games in five days, that sounds realistic. They'll probably mm-hmm. make it or. They just get worked right now by Clemson. I mean, that could happen. What's the score? I can't see. 16-13. Nice. Hanging hanging around. Hey. <laughs> hanging around. BC has alligator blood. Um, is that it? Is that all we have for today? Well, I mean, I would I know you you're probably going to poo-poo this, but I'm a I'm I'm a huge golf guy, and I know we're not going to spend minutes on here talking about oh, golf. Let's talk but golf. The, what I want to talk about is Tiger, and 
that's when golf becomes mainstream. Like I nerdily watch like the HSBC championship in Shanghai with like British guys and stuff. And I love it. I take some action, whatever. <laughs> I get that you're not going to be into that. But when no, Tiger gets involved there. and it's like Tiger and Jordan Spieth, it becomes mainstream. And like last week with Phil, got to tip my hat to old Phil, 47 years old, coming back to win that tournament last week. He's a lefty like myself. I love Phil. I'm a lefty too. Um, oh, beautiful. So we, we have to golf. But so... Um, seaweed sports t- podcast golf excursion yeah coming so your way. but tiger honestly changes the game the ratings last for two weeks ago in the tournament he was in like were the highest since the last time tiger was relevant four years ago T- what tiger being around makes it must see tv he's already got an unbelievable new ad out you know he seems to be back he looks good Everyone's pumped, juiced. Everybody loves Tiger Woods so it's much. It's a redemption story. From it's like he was. There's no one that's been it's like better. Like Kanye in, West, he was hated enough. He's to be no loved one's again. ever been better at anything than Tiger was at golf. The stuff he did was ridiculous. I, look at the golf the last few years. You have like Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spieth. These guys, you know, they're winning like two, three tournaments. Like Tiger, like the, the there's there's this thing called the World World Golf Championship. Four times a year, the top 64 players play in various events. Since it started in whatever, 1999 or something like that, the Tiger has won 18 of those events. The next highest guy is four. And there's like guy with four, guy with three, two guys with two, and then no one else has won two. And Tiger has 18. Like Dustin Johnson has like four or five. That's and insane. Du- you know, like those stats, you like step back and you're like, oh, yeah, like this guy was redonkulous. So is this going to be like Jordan on the Wizards? I last year and the year Jordan before dropped 23 last 24 year, points every night forever. I took a bet He'll with drop them right now. I took a bet one with one of my buddies on a spur of the moment at a bar that Tiger will win a golf tournament in the next five years for even money. We just we bet. So he was that confident. That's how bad Tiger looked. But looking at him People now watching the video would see my reaction to that. Bet. T- Tiger was tied for ninth at in the back nine last week in his like second event back at a tough golf course. Tiger's back. Tiger's beaten 60-70% of the field with his back fused together playing in his third tournament in two and a half years. I mean, like he's going to win a tournament in the next five years unless I completely stains him too. But will he, will he, I don't Dude. know about a major, but he's he will win like the John Deere Classic at some point. I, I almost guarantee it. I'd be willing to double down on that bet with anyone. Yeah, I just realized when you said that that if the Red Sox don't win ninety one games, everybody's gonna hate me. Yeah, they're gonna stay. <laughs> they're, they're gonna think it was my fault. Yeah, so maybe one of us should uh, bail out on that. I'm just kidding. We're taking. No, that. we're definitely. I've taking already that. put us in live on the air. Yeah, uh, no, we, we don't care we if we win it. or lose. So we, we we cheer for the team regardless. So, um, and then the only other thing is. <laughs> <laughs> we're going off the rails but the only other thing is i wanted to just say this for a second about I, I we're not getting into a political oscars conversation here by any means but there was an ath you know a professional athlete aspect in it in the oscars this week is kobe bryant won an oscar and went up there and did like an acceptance speech on the oscars and stuff and it's pretty impressive like he's obviously a well-versed guy but my little bone to pick with it is how Kobe had like a known sexual assault thing or whatever, and we're not going to get into you know that. But he had a known one that was one of the most famous ones. He basically paid the girl off to go away, was never found innocent or guilty, and he gets like an unbelievable standing ovation at the Oscars, like he's some revered you know pariah. And all of this other Me Too stuff that's going on is all of those guys in Hollywood are are 
blackballed immediately, you know, and a lot of it is warranted and all that. But my only thing is, how is Kobe up there treated like he's, you know, the the, the patron saint? And he had one of the most publicized ones of those. Like, that's my only issue with that. You I know? didn't watch the Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> you have, uh, well, have you seen Kobe's short film that he won for? No. So, I mean, I watched it and it's like, okay, but that's the other thing is like, he just wins that based on his name because he, um, you know, he paid like some composer, like 5 million bucks and the, the music and the animation of it is by far the best thing. You know, it's not really Kobe narrates it and like obviously had the idea for it. But in my opinion, it was just BS. And I thought we'd touch on that real quick with with Kobe, you know, being one of the best basketball players of the last, you know, 20 years. So, yeah, I, on, I don't you know. I don't I don't. Yeah, did you not watch the Oscars because your I power was out or because you oh, have no, negative if I had a, If I had like a direct feed to the Oscars, yeah. I wouldn't watch the Oscars. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't sit there for... I've never seen any of the movies that they nominate. Right, yeah, I didn't sit so, there for four hours and watch the whole thing, but I knew Kobe was coming up. Like I I have the multi-TV set, so I like follow along on Twitter and if yeah, you no, know, something I, was I don't, I don't watch the Oscars. I, so, don't, I, don't, I don't do the Grammys anymore the, either. Yeah, the, the uh, ratings are way down. I think a lot of people are joining you, so... Well, so who are, uh, to close this thing up, is our favorite segment, roll them up in a rug and throw them in the river. Um, who are you uh, rolling up in the rug this week, Bob? I'm rolling up Duke. Fuck Duke. What do you mean, Duke? Like the school Duke. or the basketball Duke. team? The or school. Can we just say Coach K then, maybe? Nope, Duke. Duke. <laughs> fuck and, Duke. And why is that, Bob? Because fuck them. <laughs> That's why. Because it's tournament time and they got to go. And they won on Saturday. <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> well, there's a chance they could play tomorrow. I think if both teams yeah. win tonight, so that'll yep. be the third match. And we'll see. So we got Miami tonight. So, so. so you're how big of a rug do you need to roll up the campus of Duke and throw it in? What river is that going in? It has to be like a very expensive right. well, rug. <laughs> that's fine. So. All right. Yeah, well, the entire, your, just the entire school. Fuck them. Because I, I need them to lose. It's funny. You'll, half of our audience will probably agree with that, and half of yeah. them will think it's disgusting. But I, I don't care. Just like anything else, but. So my roll them up in the rug and throw them in the river, and this is why I brought up a little bit of the golf thing, is I was roaring for this, is Justin Thomas, the golfer, who you, um, you know, you've heard of, you know, if you're not a big golf guy, he's still one of the five guys you know. But so last week at the tournament, he was on the back nine in a close matchup, and he hit a shot, and during the shot, one of these joke guys from the thing, crowd that, like, you know, yells, like, get in the hole or whatever – he yells out, get in the trap. So in the nice. middle in the middle of the broadcast, Justin Thomas like goes over and goes, Neener, Neener, Neener. Get that man out of here. Live on the air. I could hear it. Yeah, he didn't say that an exact neener, quote? Neener. But he goes, <laughs> who sa- he goes, Who said that? Who said that? And someone goes, The guy in the Seminole hat. And he goes, Hugh, I've had enough of you. Get out of here. And like went to the security guard and was like, mm, get him out of here. Like such a whiny little baby. Now if you're in the middle of your golf shot, golf, you need to stay still. You can't yell anything. If you yelled, get in the trap on his downswing and it screwed up his shot, then boot him the hell out of there. I'll take him out myself. But if the ball's in the air and say you bet against Justin Thomas, what if you're at an NBA game and the guy's at the free throw line and you're at home and you need him to miss? You can yell, you yell, miss. In like, the middle of his shot. Right. Like, as so he's about to release, you Because scream. he hits the ball and he goes, get in the trap. He had some remove from the premises. The guy paid a hundred and something bucks for his ticket. It's probably wasted, which is great. But I don't understand. How can he do that? So they did it. 
So then, like, you know who took the cake on this one, and this is what they're good for is social justice. Is Barstool, Dave Portnoy, tweeted out, Justin Thomas is the worst human ever. I was already on it before that with my <laughs> friends. I rewound it and played it. But Portnoy, you know, ripped him to the point where Justin Thomas did a three-part tweet apologizing for that because he knew that, that the younger crowd of fans, like, listen to your reaction. Yeah, How no, much of a puss do you have to be to yeah. be like, get that man out of Remove here. Remove the man. Just look in his eye and hit the next shot next to the hole and go, what? You Happy know? Gilmore be an on athlete. him, dude. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, is that why, though, is because we grew up with Happy Gilmore? And we were like, yeah, do that. Well, prob- probably, but yeah, I think that was actually mentioned um, either on Twitter or on the broadcast of play it as it lies, Happy Gilmore off the guy's foot. Play it's it like, as it lies, you know, dude. it's like, what do you want? Like, so anyway, this week to wrap this thing up, I'm taking Justin Thomas, all five, nine and 140 pounds of him, and I'm going to twist him up tightly in a rug and I'm going to send him down the Ware River. So Close. that's how we're closing this thing. So Duke will float in the Atlantic Ocean because I don't think that'll fit in a river. And Justin Thomas is drowning in the river as we speak. So we'll be back next week for March Madness. And uh, we're going to have next week. We're going to do like a full March Madness. I want to like I want we might just do the entire show. Yeah. And then Madness. either the, that then or the next week we got to do a MLB preview because that's getting hot. But this was a little bit of a smorgasbord, but it's that time of year where uh, you know, stuff's happening again. Whatever. We we're gotta, getting into we're getting into everything except well, for football. But actually, there is football. We're free talk. agency starts next free week, agency. so we'll be touching on that for sure. People are talking Whatever about shenanigans the Pats People are talking about possible clowny. Yeah. I, well, t- Richard Sherman, possibly. Maybe he'll be your new David Price. He can be your binky. Uh, we can t- do a Richard Sherman, uh, David Price. I'm not a big Richard week. Sherman guy. Who would be? <laughs> so, I mean, if he comes here, like, okay. We'll but be he, back. You better produce. <laughs> Sorry about missing last week. We'll be back uh, with our weekly podcast every week now going forward. Yeah, there was storms and stuff. So Weedco USA, baby.